This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday the 24th of March. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Kitty Logan. One month after Russia invaded Ukraine, the fighting and the immense human suffering continues. Say that people matter, freedom matters, peace matters, Ukraine matters. And recovery teams in China searching for a missing passenger plane find human remains and more wreckage. The Times Daily World Briefing. It's been one month since Russia invaded Ukraine and war broke out. Large parts of the now war-torn country are a shell of its former self after relentless Russian attacks and mass destruction. Hundreds of thousands remain trapped underground in many cities as they shelter from strikes above, whilst almost a quarter of Ukraine's 44 million population have either fled to safer areas nearby or have sought refuge in neighbouring countries. But despite the damage, Russia's quick victory hopes have not materialised and it's failed to capture a single major Ukrainian city. To mark the first full month of the war, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke in English as he asked people across the world to take to the streets in a show of support for the Ukrainian people. Come from your offices, your homes, your schools and universities. Come in the name of peace. Come with Ukrainian symbols to support Ukraine, to support freedom, to support life. Come to your squares, your streets, make yourselves visible and heard. Say that people matter, freedom matters, peace matters, Ukraine matters. As Ukraine marks the grim milestone, the fighting continues. In Mariupol, a city where there is almost nothing left, 100,000 people remain trapped without food, water or power. The city's mayor has left, but is still in constant contact with authorities to help rescue other civilians. In the capital, Kyiv, Mayor Vitaly Klitschko spoke to journalists as air raid sirens and explosions sounded in the distance. In our hometown, Russians killed 264 civilians. We listen bombing attack right now. This can be more. Right now, over 300 people in hospitals, they is injured. More than 80 buildings is destroyed. He did confirm that Ukrainian forces had retaken the towns of Makarev and Irpin from Russian control after intense shelling in both areas. Askold Krushenitsky, reporter for the Times of London in Lviv, says that he's been hearing there that Russian troops may be losing motivation. Those people who've actually um, been in places that are occupied by Russia um, talk about how um, desperate, hungry, um, disoriented um, Russian soldiers are. This all comes as an extraordinary trio of international meetings takes place in Brussels on Thursday regarding the war, involving the EU, NATO and the G7. Bruno Waterfield is the Times of London's correspondent in Brussels and explains what the main talking points will be for each meeting. NATO is going to be about aid um, to the brave people of uh, Ukraine um, fighting back against what seemed to be impossible odds a month ago. G7 is going to be about um, sanctions, saying that the sanctions are working, they're hitting Russia and there'll be more on the way. And then the EU will be having a discussion, talking about their plans for foreign policy 
uh, in the future, and their real failures to come to agreement on how they end this dependency on Russian oil and gas. And that's the limits they're bumping mm. up against. And you always know that, that the European Union faces a sort of moral, political crisis when you talk to diplomats here, and they're despairing. They're saying, look, things can't go on as normal. Look what's happening um, in the Ukraine. It cannot be business um, as normal, even if that hurts. For NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg, the focus will be on confirming the significant deployment to more Eastern European countries. I expect leaders will agree to strengthen NATO's posture in all domains, with major increases to our forces in the eastern part of the alliance, on land, in the air and at sea. The first step is the deployment of four new NATO battlegroups in Bulgaria, Hungary, Romania and Slovakia. Overnight, the US government announced its conclusion that members of the Russian forces have committed war crimes in Ukraine. This comes as President Biden is expected to announce more sanctions against Russian political figures and oligarchs. Meanwhile, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the European Union and Canada were united in standing up for democracy. But whilst there is unity on some parts, there are also significant sticking points. Germany has accused the EU of being too dependent on Russian oil to impose an embargo. But the Times of London's correspondent in Berlin, Oliver Moody, said Germany too would be hard hit by any oil embargo. There's no doubt that would be extremely rough for Germany. It gets a little less than 40% of its oil from Russia, but it's not easy to just go out and replace that because a lot of it comes into a single pipeline, uh, Druzhba, that feeds into two uh, refineries. One of those refineries is owned by the Russian state and supplies more than 90% of all the engine fuel. Search teams in China have found human remains at the remote crash site of a passenger aircraft. The China Eastern Airlines plane hit a mountain in the Guangxi province in southern China on Monday, but bad weather and tough terrain have slowed recovery efforts. As those search efforts continue on foot and on motorbikes, desperate relatives of missing passengers have come to a nearby village to try to find their loved ones. When I think about it, I can't believe it. Where are the passengers? And where is the black box? Why can't it be found, even though there are so many people searching for it? Search teams using thermal cameras and drones to scour the mountainous area through mist and low cloud have discovered more wreckage, including part of an engine, though the second black box is still missing. The cockpit voice recorder was found intact on Wednesday and could provide vital clues as to what caused the crash. The Boeing 737 jet was flying from Kunming to Guangzhou when it suddenly lost altitude and plunged into a rapid descent. None of the 132 passengers and crew on board are thought to have survived. On the way, people in the North Pole are having to adapt to extreme weather caused by climate change. And Sebastian Vettel is once again sitting out of the next Formula One race. The Times Daily World Briefing. North Korea has test-fired what appears to be an intercontinental ballistic missile, sending it in the direction of Japan. 
Military officials in both South Korea and Japan confirmed they'd tracked the missile, which flew for over 680 miles from its launch site in North Korea, with Japan's Coast Guard adding the missile landed in the sea, around 100 miles to the west of its territory. Just a week ago, another North Korean test launch failed, with the missile appearing to explode after takeoff. The country has already carried out at least 12 other shorter-range missile tests this year. If this latest test launch is confirmed to be an intercontinental ballistic missile, it will be the first since 2017 and a sign of a serious escalation. The UN has banned North Korea from developing its nuclear weapons programme. The country is currently under international sanctions to discourage it from doing so. But the US government says it's concerned that the regime in Pyongyang is planning to defy that ban. The first female US Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, has died at the age of 84. A native of Czechoslovakia, Albright's family fled the Nazis during World War II when she was a child. She's been described as a tough-talking diplomat and was involved in key foreign policy crises of the 1990s, including the genocides in Rwanda and Bosnia. Albright served as a US ambassador to the United Nations from 1993 to 1997, before becoming Secretary of State under President Clinton. Linda Thomas-Greenfeld is the current US ambassador to the UN. She spoke at the General Assembly about Albright's legacy. She was a trailblazer and a luminary, and she was the first woman to serve as Secretary of State. She left an indelible mark on the world and on the United Nations. Our country and our United Nations are stronger for her service. But Albright is perhaps best remembered as a feminist icon, inspiring young women to seek respect in the workplace, with her saying, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Heat waves at both ends of the Earth's poles have alarmed climate scientists. Over the weekend, temperatures in Antarctica reached record high levels of 0.1 degrees Celsius, more than 40 degrees above average. Unfortunately, these events are not isolated. Extreme weather events have become more frequent and locals are now having to learn to adapt. Mila Nakako is an indigenous hide tanner, filmmaker and multidisciplinary artist in the Northwest Territories in Canada. She's told Times Radio what kind of temperature it should be where she is at the moment. It's really concerning. In mid-March, I usually expect it to be like minus 20 to 30 Celsius. Um, Normally, it has been um, a lot warmer than that. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. Now, with the latest on who isn't appearing in the next Formula One race, here's John Jackson. German Formula One driver Sebastian Vettel could miss the second race of the season after sitting out the opening race in Bahrain. The Aston Martin driver tested positive for COVID-19 in the run-up to last weekend's event and has yet to return a negative test ahead of this weekend's race in Saudi Arabia. The four-time world champion was replaced in Bahrain by his countryman Nico Hülkenberg, and that could happen again this weekend should Vettel be unable to race. The team say they will delay their decision until Friday in order to give Seb every opportunity to make the grid for the first practice. Hülkenberg will be on standby in the country after finishing 17th on Sunday. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday the 24th of March. 
This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.